We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda. I feel like every time I go to say his name, I have to pause a little bit. And I'm just like, subconsciously, I'm like, don't say salami, don't say salami. Um, but anyway. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Sorry we're a day late. We are working on some very important details that we will uncover in the month of October. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, you said you had a topic you'd like to discuss before we get started. I did. The topic is haircuts. Okay. Which I'm um, very familiar with these. Yes. Um, you have. I haven't seen you in a while, but uh, I remember previously... Uh, you have you stated that you had the Olivier Giroux. Is that still yes. the case? It's uh, right now. It's I'm in the process of growing my hair out, 
So I'm in the process of having more of a Joe Allen. Uh, wow. That's that's really where I'm going towards. Okay. But uh, right now I'm going through transitional phases, and right now it's a lot of hat wearing. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there used to be some hat wearing. Now it's just kind of it, it's weird. It was like Gareth Bale in the Premier League right now. It, uh-huh. it, has, it has like that weird faux hockey thing because my hair was longer in the middle than it was on the sides, and now like it's all growing out, but it's still longer in the middle. And it's anyway. What it made looks you? Kind of weird. What made you decide to grow it out? Uh, I'm just ha- I'm still happy that I have a lot of hair on my head, so I'm just gonna let it go and you know do the whole do the whole long hair thing. But I, I miss the days where I wore like a where I wore like a uh, like the little thin headband at the front of my head and then made the hair flow down, like, kind of like the Joe Allen. Exactly. Sure, that is yeah. It's those long flowing locks that I can have, and I just I miss them. It's funny you say that because uh, I'm a few years older than you, and the older you get. Uh, the the conversations are either specifically about hair is how much gray you're getting and it's clearly proportional to how many kids you have and how oh, old I, they are. I, and, I, have, I already have so much gray hair. Oh, all right. And whether you, you're losing it or not. Like I actually, I actually had a friend who like went into college with a full head of hair and came out bald, which was just like one of the craziest things to see. And I still have. How many have, kids did he have in college? What's that? Yeah. How many kids did he have in college? <laughs> None. No, that's gray is the kids that you don't lose hair because of kids. You just go gray. Um, but the so the conversations now are like, yeah, you know, starting to thin on top, all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Thankfully, I don't have that problem. The, all that being said, have you had a consistent like barber for most of your life? I've been nomadic in my just where I live. So, mm-hmm. no. Uh, it, you know, when I when I find a place, I stick to it, but I stick to the place, not the individual. OK, the, OK, great. So um, for listeners who are familiar with New York City may know who, what I'm talking about, although I don't even know if it exists anymore. I can't I can't wait until you uh, until you start breaking this down by ethnicity. Go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. So I growing up, like basically as I was old enough to decide where I would get my haircut, I went to Astor Place in New York City, yep. which. Uh, back when I started going there, it was like famous for being like one of the first big barber shops to do like designs in people's hair. Like, I think that's where like Anthony Mason used to get like the Knicks logo on his head and all the weird stuff. And they, it's a massive, like you can't even call it a barber shop because it's it, at the time it was so big. Um, I think it, at their peak, they probably had like 120 different chairs in this place. That is um, massive. It's enormous. And I used to go in and I am like the definition of, well, I don't want to say the definition nomadic, but at least I was at Astor Place because I would just walk in. They would have a guy at the front. I would say, I need a haircut. He would turn around, find any open seat and just send me there. And these people were like, every single one of them was in my mind, good enough. And for something as like personal and a very public part of of you your body i like through my entire life really don't care who cuts my hair like i just want a haircut i i can tell you what it, what i want it to look like i feel like no two haircuts i've ever gotten look the same and i'm okay with that but i always leave feeling like okay i got a haircut i can play around with it like no problem um i eventually moved out of new york and for the first like 2 years i would actually make a trip into the city and I would build a haircut into this trip because I would keep going there. Uh, when I finally stopped doing that, when I realized how ridiculous it was to 
basically travel two hours to get a haircut. Um, I started going to a few places here in Milford, Connecticut. Um, for the first time, or I, I went to one place for a while and, um, I went to another, I decided to go to a different place because I got so fed up that I used to go right when they would open at like nine o'clock. And like, I went three times in a row and there was, they just weren't open at nine o'clock and like nine thirty, not open, like no sign, nothing just like weren't opening and they would open later in the day. And because I'm not, you know, locked into anybody, I was like, forget it. There are plenty of places I can get my haircut. I'm going somewhere else. So I went to another place. I'm going to keep the names out just in case, uh, you know, one day they want to sponsor our podcast or give me free haircuts for life because I'm nice. Um, so I went yesterday to get a haircut with my son. My son is five. Anyone who has younger kids knows that some kids just don't like getting their haircut. My son is one of them. But he's had like a decent enough experience at this place that it was fine. That being said, like when we go to get his haircut, the goal is like get your haircut and get out of there. There's no like lingering around. So both of us needed to get a haircut yesterday. Thankfully, they were able to do us at the exact same time. He finished slightly before me because he's five. He has less hair than I do. And so, you know, we were fine. We left. I get in the car. We get home. And I'm like, something doesn't seem right. And I get home. And it basically looks like the guy forgot to cut the left side of my head. (laughs) And he clearly, like, worked on that side and the top. But, like, the... He, he either thought this is what it was supposed to look like, or he literally just like forgot to finish. And I didn't notice this until I got home. And, uh, my wife uh, was out with my daughter for her dance class. They came home and they were like, Oh, you got haircuts. And my, my wife is looking at me with a face of somebody who's looking at somebody who got half a haircut. (laughs) And she's just like, um, and I'm like, did he like not finish my haircut? And she's like, that's exactly what it looks like. Like, why did you leave? And I was like, well, you know, like I didn't have my, I, I was wearing my glass. I had to take my glasses off. I'm nearsighted. So like even the distance to the, to the mirror, like I was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine because my entire life of getting haircuts, it's been fine. And for the first time in my life this morning, I dropped my daughter off at school and I went and got my haircut fixed. <laughs> And did you drive all the way down to New York City? I did not. I, I did not. <laughs> that would have really proven the point. Um, well, I mean, I, 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 you could you could have gotten it for free down in New York City. I'm sure if you went in there, they would have been like, oh, yeah, he missed the spot. Well, I, thankfully, I went back to the place where I went and it, the guy who cut my hair was not there. But I it's basically it was like, I just think he may have forgotten to finish or I'm not quite sure. I was wearing a hat at the time and I sat down and the woman like basically puts like a comb through my hair and she's like, yeah, he missed this whole section and maybe a little bit of the top too. And I was like, if you wouldn't mind, she's like, sure, I'll, I'll fix this. She did no, no charge, which was nice. Um, and, but the, truly like the first time in my life that I've ever like gone back to get a haircut fixed. And the woman who fixed it today actually cut my son's hair last time, not yesterday, but the time before And he had gotten so many compliments on this haircut. Like usually kids get haircuts and they're like, oh, you got a haircut. And like there were actually people who were like, that's like my mom is like, that's the best haircut you've ever gotten, Jack. My son's name is Jack. And uh, I could have sworn it was Lairdito. It is not Lairdito. No, as as much as I love that nickname. Um, So I think that Jack and I will actually start going just to this woman because 
we liked her so much. And I think maybe this is like the time in my life now that I'm going to be 35 that I should uh, be a little more loyal to whoever cuts my hair. It's time to settle down and find that one hairstylist that you can spend the rest of your haircutting life with. Right. 30, I, 35 is that age. Probably. Right. I made it 34 years. Obviously, I didn't have hair for all 34. But, uh, you know, once I turn 35, I think it's time to, just like you said, settle down with the one. That's right. <laughs> you're really grow- You're really growing up, Andrew. Yeah, finally. <laughs> No, for me, uh, if for anyone familiar with New York City, there's there's definitely there's there's some breakdowns, especially in local barbershops, where it's um, you know some of it's eth- uh, you know like ethnically broken down. Like there's the Dominican barbershop, yep. there's the Israeli or the Jewish barbershop, and then there's the um, yeah, there's a there's a Dominican. I, I think I said the Dominican one. There's also the black barbershops. I mean, they're, they're, it, it, you can you can kind of you can get a gist of you know what their specialty is pretty quickly. But, um, and and there should I mean like people like ethnic hair is a thing like different ethnicities have different hair and that was what was so great about Astor Place is that with 120 chairs you had 10 yeah, people I, I, who could the, do anything. The website says that it's just it's 70 plus. I don't, I don't know. Well, about, now, don't it know no, 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 now it is. No, no, now it is. There there used to be three floors of this place. I, in fact, I don't even know if it's still where where it was when I was there. Um, it would be horrible if Astor Place had to move off of Astor Place. Which oh, is it's weird. still two Astor Place. Okay, yeah. So Astor Place, um, they are now like basically in the basement of this building. But it's, I mean, you can if you can picture a barbershop that our listeners, if you usually go to a barbershop with two or four chairs, this place has 70 and it's like half the size of what it was. There's a Cold Stone Creamery above it and that used to be part of it as well as the floor above it. So I don't know how the haircutting business somehow... <laughs> <laughs> became not as profitable, but they cu- obviously cut down. But like seventy is still massive. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It's it's a lot. Um, I, I'm trying to react to it in a in a sensible way. I mean, I know Astor Place Barbershop. I've spent time in the city, so right. um, growing up there, especially. But the way I can describe it is. The amount of hair that falls on that floor every day mm-hmm. can make a very, very, very long wig if glued together. I'm sure. I'm sure. It, it could probably it could probably be a carpet, actually. That's where I thought you were going with that, actually. I wasn't sure if you're going to go with a carpet or a blanket. Yeah. Both uh, of which uh, are making me shiver right now. <laughs> 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 talk, about, talk about the new Netflix show, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got to move on because I'm getting, I'm getting chills. All right, thinking of that. let's uh, let, let's blanket. get into last week's action. Uh, we apologize again for it being uh, a little late, but we will we will cover the games like we always do, and we can actually talk about our rankings because I believe they are posted. Sure are. All right, so we can actually get into those and talk about how pretty much I, I think everyone did a lot of the same thing, but we can we can talk about that a little bit too. But let's let's focus a little bit on last week and we'll start with uh Chelsea one, Liverpool two. Um Uh-oh. Uh, no, I, like I said, when Liverpool are good, they're really good. And yeah. um I, I, I actually I think I did a very good job previewing this game. Uh I said John Terry being out would affect them at least on set pieces. The first goal from Dejan Lovren was from a uh, – basically resulting in a from a set piece it was yes. um it, it was a back the first ball went in 
and then Gary Cahill goes on walkabout during the second <laughs> during the second ball and leaves three people open at the back post. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it would have mattered if he was there, to be honest. But um, Dejan Lovren with a nice, cool side-footed finish, which is not very easy to no, do. No, I was going to say, of the three guys who uh, who were available to take that— Sturridge was offside. Sturridge was offside and did a good job of basically taking himself out of the play, uh, which I believe is what allowed the goal to stand. Um, I can't remember who the third who the third guy was. Didn't matter. <laughs> well, it was more of the three. Lavram is certainly the one who would never be able to make that shot, and he made it. He made it. it was It was a nice, cool, composed finish, and not to be not to be outdone. Jordan Henderson said, "No, Ooh. no surprise goal scorer will do a nicer goal than me," mm-hmm. and decided to basically lash one in from I would say about thirty yards out that went over a six foot seven goalkeeper and curled it. I would call it Coutinho range. <laughs> yes, you would call it Coutinho range. Um, let's let's talk about Chelsea first because I feel like our Liverpool conversation is the same every week. Like, yeah, they can score a ton. We're kind of getting to that point where you have no idea where the goals are coming, which is a little frustrating because uh, it just leaves you, you know, with the day, you know, you go with Firmino the day that Coutinho has a hat trick or you go with Sturridge the day that um, Firmino bags a brace. But yeah, actually, you know what? Coutinho any- actually grabbed the assist on Lovren's goal. Mm hmm. And I, the joke was that he was actually trying to shoot, but it wound up being a pass to the far post. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh. but Chelsea, um, the the local London media has been now getting on what you've been saying for weeks, and I don't usually like to give you too much credit. However, I'm I'm willing to do it this time, and they're all kind of like. This team still looks a lot like what Jose Mourinho was running out there, which. Um, yeah. We're now five weeks. Got- we're now five weeks in. Is something you've been saying for five weeks. Um, where where is the change, or when is the change coming? Like, and and what do you think the change will be um, once they do? Because it seems like th- a loss at home to a side that is expected to be on the, you know, somewhat in the well, definitely in the Europe race, let alone Champions League race. Um, you can't lose those games at home. Like you, even a draw isn't ideal when you're Chelsea. Um, so what do you think, realistically, what do you think the, the changes will be? The most insulting change that has been making the rumor mill last uh, last week or so is that Chelsea are looking at Ben Davis to up their homegrown talent. That insults me in such a way where it makes me want to throw my couch out the window. I, I, I don't I don't even mean in, but, in terms okay, of transfers. Fine. I mean, like the guy, there are guys on the team that this is the group that will be there at least until January. I and mean, there are a lot of games to play until January. So like, where, where do you think the changes will be? The only change that would be, you know, systematically different would be that there's two things. If you want to keep the back four, um, bringing in Alonzo, taking out Cahill, moving Ivanovic into the middle and moving Aspilicueta to the right, that could give you a even Sorry, then, you, that's, so even is that though, still a back four it's still it, you have Alonso you to keep it a back four okay um that can be a, a change that could do something i mean ivanovic ivanovic as a center back i like a lot ivanovic mm-hmm. as a right back i hate with all you know rage and fire and passion yes um it just doesn't work and also you're just placing another defender at the same time so that could be one thing 
if you want to add Marcus Alonso in. If you want to add Marcus Alonso in to a back three, either as the wing back or a center back, and then put it, basically you, you can put more midfielders on and then maintain two strikers. Um, Who that plays would, the right side of a back five in terms of the, who's the right wing back? It would probably be as Piliqueta still. Okay. I, I I would not try to put Willie on in that role if that's what you're asking. Well, it's funny. My 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 thought was that there's really nobody that fits, but he's the one who he's the roundest square of a to fit in the round. Yeah, it, it, I think Conte doesn't have the pieces he wants yet, which yeah. is fine, and that's why he keeps the back four because that's the system that suits his players best, which is what a good coach should do. Mm. You know who could have played uh, that role? Juan Cuadrado. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, we, we, we don't need to get too much into the theoretical Chelsea. But yes, what you were saying is correct, that this looks a lot like last year's Chelsea. And because largely it is when you look at the lineup, uh, nothing much has changed. David Luiz did not play terribly in this game. I saw no. a lot of people you know, making some jokes at his expense, which is, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do to get by. But it, 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 it's not correct. I mean, he played fine. He didn't, In fact, he didn't I saw make this. any mistakes at the back, and I think he did a very good job with his cross, with his crosses. What? Sorry, with his uh, outlet balls, like his his lofted outlets. Uh, I saw a few of the stat heavy uh, sites actually said he was their best player. I wouldn't be too surprised if that was the case. I yeah. mean, Diego Costa was active, but and he got his goal mm-hmm. uh, assisted by. I, I remember you were. I was. I think I messaged you right before that goal about how badly Chelsea were playing, mm-hmm. and then I said, "Wake me up when Matic can do that again. Yeah. I think I'll be pretty well rested." Yeah. And I, I will maintain that Matic looked like Eden Hazard out there sure for did. a solid ten seconds. Um, it's. It, 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 this is a goal that from the modded side is not repeatable, mm-hmm. but okay. uh, it, 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 what's weird to me is there's no balance between Conte and Modic. Uh, it, Modic sometimes N'Golo. goes forward. It, it, and Conte, yes. N'Golo Conte. Thank you. Uh, Modic will sometimes get forward, but he won't really do much when he's there. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a waste. Well, it seems like they're playing more of a like a four one four one, right? Well, yeah, that's traditional. When teams and... attack, it's usually four one four one, and then when they're back, it's like a four two three one or four five one. Right. I'm just saying, I don't think Modic and Conte have been kind of next to each other very much at all. Which is which is extra strange. Why someone like um, Fabregast won't play there? Yeah, he must be that bad defensively that Conte just can't. I play. I think that's exactly what it is. So it's not that Oscar is, you know, oh God, he's Golo been... Conte, but, you know, I kept asking myself this question and this kind of relates back to fantasy. Is Oscar good? <laughs> yes, he is. What is he good at? Free kicks. Sometimes. Is... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he's not well, nobody's nobody's good at free kicks all the time. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if he's good. And I don't, you know, I don't know why he's getting so much playing time. It, it, it I, I don't understand. And 
like a Ruben Loftus cheek, I think would be perfect in this system. And he just is not playing. And it's so frustrating. Ola Ina, same thing. Oh, the fact they want Ben Davis when they have Ola Ina already signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's so infuriating, yeah. but it's, it, it's I think, the most I think Oscar, system. I think Oscar is better than, than you give him credit for. Um, I just don't think he's going to be good on this team. Really? No, I don't. Hmm. He needs to go to like Juventus or something. <laughs> um, I, I, it's not. It's not a slight against Juventus. I just think that in this system, in this league, in the Premier League, I don't think he's any good. Well, I, the this system I don't think applies yet. Like we don't know what this system is because we we keep seeing the Mourinho system some for some reason, and that doesn't like. I'm not sure what Antonio Conte is waiting for. That's kind of the way I've been looking at it. That he well, they hadn't struggled yet under the old system, and now they have. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the The idea that he should wait, or kind of like, yeah, that he should wait on this transition seems like the wrong decision to me. So. Yeah, and if they get exposed again, because they play Arsenal on Saturday, if they play the same system and get exposed again, uh, it, I think they have Jose Mourinho coming up shortly after that. Uh, it's uh, I, there, there will definitely be some some questions asked. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the change may come then. I think I think Manchester United is the tipping point. Like if uh, if things really start going downhill and they keep losing points all the way through Manchester United, that that'll be enough. To, to make the change but I don't think anything's going to change until then right okay that, that, that's that's seeing this course of action out right but let's move on to positive things let's talk about Arsenal shall we uh, they scored four times uh, one of I think three teams to score four times this week and four teams to score four times mm-hmm. so uh, lots of people to talk about but for Arsenal Alexi Sanchez is still really good <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Alex Iwobi in a, in a start got two assists uh, Theo Walcott got a goal and an assist and then uh, both Mohamed Elneny and Granite Xhaka got on the board in terms of Shaka uh, with a goal and Elneny with an assist mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, to ruin Peter Cech and all the defenders' days, uh, Robert Snodgrass just, uh, scored a goal from Gio Mercy and Bocani. Uh, thank you, thank you to that because that put me over. The, uh, sorry, him and well, t- someone who we'll talk about later put me over the top, and I finally beat you in uh, in DraftKings. So it's three to two, you now. Yeah, uh, I think Iwobi's spot is locked in now. Uh, I think as long as yep. he's fit, he's he's in that starting lineup. And so on the, on the right side. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think he offers so much more than Theo Walcott and um, Alex Oxley Chamberlain that there's no reason to think that either of those guys should start over him. Uh, we still are seeing um, um, Olivier Giroud on the bench and they're kind of starting Alexis up top. And if they keep doing that, um, yeah, I think there's every reason to think that Iwobi should be able to keep that going. I should note that Snodgrass's goal was a penalty. That wasn't. It still count. They all count. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And Alexi speaking Sanchez of penalties, have, Alexi yeah. Sanchez would have had a hat trick if he didn't get his saved by Yakupovic. Yeah, my my favorite part was after the match. Uh, they asked Arsene Wenger like why Alexis took it because Santi Cazorla had, had made both of his attempts this year. And his response was that 
uh, Alexis was not on penalties and Cazorla was, and he had no idea why Alexis took it. And I feel like that's like amazingly dumb to say Um, and dumb to have that be the truth. Like you are the manager of this club. Like if you want Cazorla taking the penalties, like you shouldn't be allowing somebody else to do it. It's as simple as that, especially when the guy who didn't take it has made all of his this year. I'm done with that. But anyway, yeah, Snodgrass, best player in the Premier League. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, it's he's he it's it I don't know what to say. Uh it's just it is what it is. I mean, on the Arsenal side, you're still not seeing Lucas Perez or Olivier Giroud anywhere on the score sheet. Does that worry you that the center forwards aren't scoring? Uh Giroud apparently I, I I forgot about this since I think uh he's come back this week, but he he missed out with a toe injury. Yeah, just Which, saying in general. Uh, no, 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 I know. I'm saying I think that's what kept him out. Lucas Perez, I mean, uh, there was no expectation, for me at least, that he was going to come in and score like 12 goals. So the fact that he hasn't scored yet, uh, doesn't that doesn't worry me. Like, I, I didn't view him as any sort of like big upside play anyway. Um, it is a little weird to me that they keep playing Alexis uh, as a center forward when they do have Perez like available. Uh, because Sanchez has been so good uh, on the wing. But, I mean, it, it obviously worked. Hull, I mean, I think the hole we saw last weekend is the hole that we will see for the rest of the season. But, um, I mean, theory, I guess I, you know, I guess I saw why Alexis is playing center forward because he absolutely destroyed Hull. I don't know. But Mesut Ozil is the one, actually, that worries me more fantasy-wise than any of the others. Yeah, I mean, I... I... We, we I said we said this after Fabregas's big year in assists. You know, assists are you don't want to chase those; they're yeah. not easy to get. Um, and you know that, that I think Ilzel can find that as a problem because he's not a consistent enough goal scorer. Whereas when you have someone like Dimitri Payet who has four assists in two games, something like that, you know, that's not what you're chasing. Uh, he does other things, but right. uh, it, 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 that's the difference between a Payet and an Ilzel uh, and. For for me, those just purely assist guys are they're rarely ever going to be on my definitely not my weekly teams and very rarely on my season long leagues. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference uh, assist wise from Ozil and Dimitri Payet is that a lot of Ozil's assists last season were not uh, like I think he I'll have to look at the numbers, uh, but from what it what it felt like is that he was getting a, a tremendous number of assists per chance created. Um, he obviously like created more chances than anybody, but the the volume of I don't know if chances created is the is actually the stat I'm thinking of. Maybe it's if it's somehow different than key passes, but whatever it is, um, it just felt like Ozil's assists came off of you know in the run of play and kind of set up perfectly as opposed to Piat who just sent in like billions of crosses. And I just feel like the volume of opportunities that Payet created uh, will lead to more assists as opposed to Ozil, who's so dependent on making sure the guys he's passing to are in the right spots. And um, that's why I feel like those aren't necessarily as repeatable as Payet's just volume balls into the box. Um like to the point where I think if we knew that they would play the same number of minutes from now until the end of the season, I think Alex Iwobi might have more fantasy points than Mesut Ozil. 
That's a I, that's good. I mean, that's going to be the bold. That's going to be the bold statement. I think one that people need to keep in mind when they're making their decisions. Um, if if Alex Wilby continues to start, I agree with you. I mean, that's a very good position to be in, opposite of Alexi Sanchez and on the side of Mesut Ozil. Right. And sorry, and also uh, being forward along with a guy who can't score in Olivier Giroud or Lucas Perez. Right? That's a good position to be in. And Cazorla. So. I mean, like, I, th- I well, think. Yeah, cause, well, yeah, Cazorla, who score, who, who will steal almost all of your penalties, apparently. <laughs> almost all. I think Iwobi has more goal upside than Ozil, and that's going to be the separate. I don't think Ozil is going to have so many more assists than Alex Iwobi this season that he'll make up the goal difference. And again, that's if, if they stay two. healthy, which for two Arsenal midfielders is obviously not going to happen. But. Um, I'm really high on Alex Iwobi. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. All right. Uh, let's get to a game that you had correct. Leicester 3, Burnley 0. That The Burnley 0 is not the surprising part. Uh, Leicester having 3, well, really only 2, and Ben Mee scoring on uh, scoring an own goal for Burnley. That, that certainly didn't help things. Uh, but the, I think the big story is Islam Slimani scoring twice on headers and adding that physical presence in the box that Leicester, you know, outside of West Morgan and Robert Huth, just haven't had um, it, it, in the – sorry, in the offensive box. Um, it, it's, it, it for, it's a positive sign for guys like Riyad Mahrez and – for maybe even Christian Fuchs, who both got assists, and even Jamie Vardy got an assist on the, uh, I think on the Ben Me own goal, if yep. I'm not mistaken. I so. But uh, it, it's it, it's good to see that there's a different side to Leicester in terms of attacking. It's not just long balls and r- sprinting behind defenses. Yeah, this is. I mean, what we saw last weekend is what they were hoping they were going to get out of uh, Slimani, who I was telling my wife last night. On the podcast we had with John Wallen, it felt like you and I kept saying, kept calling him Salami, and maybe we were, but we've got to, I at least need to make sure, like, I feel like every time I go to say his name, I have to pause a little bit, and I'm just like, subconsciously, I'm like, don't say Salami, don't say Salami. Um, But anyway, the, like, he, he's the other, you know, front four goal scorer that they, that they need, because opposing defenses knew that you know, if they could, if they had a guy in the back who could chase down long balls with Jamie Vardy, then you kind of shut Lester down that way. And Slimani obviously gives them a significantly different kind of player uh, that's just as lethal in front of goal. Yeah, and uh, in, on the Burnley side, I mean, Tom Heaton had four saves, but that's not enough if you're going to give up three goals. Correct. Um, well, I mean, he, Did he only gave say up that two. last week. I, yeah, I, I know like that. Heard uh, that before. He, he only gave up two, to be honest, but four points. <laughs> he even... only gave up two. Okay. He did. It's yep. not his fault that Ben yep. me put it in his own net. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard to imagine Burnley not giving up a lot of shots. It's just how many goals do they give up in each game? Yep. And for me, I still see the upside in Heaton until he has like a, like a two save four goals against. I just, I think this is like, this is his floor, which is not terrible considering how many goals they're going to let up. But it, it was a real deflator for me to see, Burnley give up that third goal because that means he only had two points instead of four. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's hopefully there's greener pastures for saves for Heaton. He needs to be more in the six to seven range to make him valuable. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah. saves too. 
on like yeah, a regular I mean, for basis. example for example in the Arsenal Hall game Yakupovic had six saves and the yeah. penalties and a penalty and save a penalty yeah so uh, I mean he was he still saved valuable. that one that's that wasn't like a miss it oh no he a... he legitimately it wasn't a very well struck penalty oh, it was but a terrible still penalty. he he, he guessed the correct direction and he saved it it's yep. but um. It, it, it is what it is. I mean, Yakupovic was still valuable, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of, I mean, that's the kind of game that I think consistently can happen for Burnley where, you know, he gets six saves. Yeah. Maybe he'll give up two goals, um, but I'll still take eight points. Okay. My cat agrees. Hmm. I just think you're depending on six saves. I mean, that's, that's just a lot of saves. Well, Bur- Burnley sit back. They allow yeah. you. No, to I get shoot. it. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it. That's one of those things. I think the system plays nicely into that frame of into that mindset so mm. you know i still believe in tom heaton and i oh well and i also believe in the variety of threats that lester have now and you know seeing the uptick now is really they can really if they can find their feet consistently with this formation then i think they're going to be just fine in mm. terms of being competitive i'm not sure if they'll be a, a european spot but i mean top half you know you know, like seven to eight, something like that. I think that's where most people had them. And I think they can easily finish there if they keep consistently getting this effort going forward. I agree. But remember, it is still Burnley they played against at home. Right. All right. Let's go to Manchester City, who look like the undisputed champions of the Premier League, and it won't be close. I think they're going to run away and hide in, like, March. Uh, you know, they, they look so good. And they attacked Bur- and Burnmouth. And, uh, in so many different ways, they countered Burnmouth. They possessed against Burnmouth. They overpowered Burnmouth with power, uh, with, with, with just size and strength. Uh, it was a total demolition of four, uh, at four nil, and it, it was still a flattering scoreline for Burnmouth, who offered nothing in the way of either resistance or threat going the other way. Uh, in this game, Arthur Burridge still would have had eight points because he had eight saves. Jeez. It's it's unbelievable how good they look. And just to recap the goals, I mean, Raheem Sterling, he looks like a completely different player getting a goal and an assist. De Bruyne getting his goal and assist like he does pretty much every week. Ayanacho, the man on the spot. <laughs> so he got a goal and he got an assist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those three were just dynamite. And then you had Nolito grabbing an assist and Ilke Gundogan on his debut, for at least starting debut. Uh, he bagged a goal as well. Um, just an absolute demolition from the Manchester City side. Claudio Bravo got his clean sheet. He didn't have to do too much, only getting two saves. But, hey, they all count, right? All those clean sheets count. Yeah, that Iheanacho goal, uh, which came on a counter, uh, he actually started the counter. And, like, that, <clears throat> if, if uh, our listeners haven't seen it, like, go back and, and look at it because it's that's, like, how you t- draw up a counter perfectly. Like, it was Iheanacho, De Bruyne, Sterling, you know, the only thing that was bad was Ianacho's. I would like to say Ianacho's finish was bad, although it went into the goal. But like he looked, like he wait, waited until the absolute last second to to decide which foot to kick it with. And m- many a player have missed from the distance he did because of making that mistake. But Correct. Um, Nolito, Nolito with that initial ball from midfield through. Oh, yep. Just, just they just. look absolutely incredible. Uh, they welcome Sergio Aguero back this weekend. Um, Nolito got sent off for a attempted headbutt and I have to imagine that they start Aguero and Ianacho together. Like how do you take Ianacho out of the lineup at this point? They uh, played together a little bit last year and I I remember at least one time that Ianacho had a goal um playing with Aguero. So 
with da- if David Silva continues to be out, I can see Ayanacho like then like a four four one one kind of deal. Um, you don't think they'll just play four four two? No, uh, Aguero doesn't tend to like those. I think, I think he can do it, and I think with the way that Ianacho is playing, he'll have you know he'll understand why Ianacho is still in the lineup. It would but have, man, Aguero he'd have, he'd looks have to awesome be more, too. Ianacho would have to be more of the Troy Deeney type in the four four two, like willing to drop back into the midfield, yeah. help out, get the ball back, start the attack. Yeah, I mean he's nineteen. You can tell him to do whatever uh, you want. Uh, you say that, but I mean it's. <laughs> I'm it's, saying you I don't can tell him. That, that doesn't mean he's going to do it. Simple. I don't think it's that simple. Okay. The, main mes- the main message here is, man, Ch- I, I think the title race is close to over if they keep playing, if all the teams keep playing the way that they are. Yes. I mean, they haven't there's lost just not, yet. So, yes, if they win 38 can... games, they should win the title. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, but I agree. Like, I, um, I think <clears throat> the only – well, maybe we have. Like, do you think we've seen Manchester United's best? Obviously not of late. I don't know, but, like... but they, they lost. They they got. I mean, they lost to City without Aguero. Yeah, yeah, at home. And Aguero without Aguero, City still put up like four goals a game. Yeah, I, I think that's the point. Like, you can't you can't argue that we've seen a team play well enough to beat City. <laughs> either against them directly or over 38 games. No way. It'll have to take a rash of injuries for them not to win this title. I mean, even if Liverpool are at their best, for example, I still don't think they can keep up with City scoring because of how the way Liverpool would have to play in order to do it. Totally agree. And that I think that's the best offensive side not named Manchester City. Yep, yep. Both, both are not great defensively, but um, City at least knows what they're trying to do. I feel like Liverpool's still trying to... Like James Milner at left back is not a solution. Yeah, and for, at well, least to to keep other teams from scoring. Okay, sure, sure. My, I think I heard this on ESPN on ESPN FC, and and it's totally true. City and and Liverpool are teams that have committed to a progressive style of play. It, it, it and and it's a fun to watch. B so far effective, and C. Just it will draw the best players to want to play for those teams. Great point. And the other teams need to get their heads out of the 1980s. And unless they unless they can consistently win this way, which is hard to do, uh, they need to, you know, ratchet it up a little bit because they're going to be left so far behind Liverpool and Manchester City so quickly if they don't get their acts together. I think the marker has been laid down. Do you think um, Aguero will be able to play a four-four-two when they get messy ne- next summer? West Brom are at home against West Ham, and West Ham, good God! <laughs> they Speaking lose of by poor the defensively, ex- they 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 lose by the same exact score margin as they did to Watford. Just you've got to be kidding me, West Ham, and, and they were down early. I mean, this was the Nasser Chadley show. Yeah, this game was over very quickly. What I love is there are there are four oh yeah four assists on four goals so that makes sense. Uh, Nasser Chadley just involved in every single goal. Yeah, yep. We were uh, I was part of a little conversation with a few other um, fantasy soccer DraftKings guys, and they were like, "If you don't have Chadley, like you're not you're not cashing today." Like, which is like, when did you ever think you'd say that? His name also came up this week. I saw um, about the Harry Kane injury that 
Harry Kane has more goals than the next three top uh, Spurs goal scorers combined since he since last year, season before. And Chadley has the second most goals of anybody. Maybe it was the last two years because he was it two well, years Chad, ago that well, he had Chad, that. Well, Chadley, yeah, he started off two years ago. Two years like, ago, yeah. Goals. Yeah, Chadley has um, like the third most goals for Spurs over the last three years. And he barely played uh, last year and didn't play it all this year. <laughs> but, yeah, who knew? It, Tony Pulis. Yeah. The offensive juggernaut, that is Tony Pulis. Yeah. Uh, West Ham... Something needs to train change drastically. Uh, I mean, Piat, as I referenced earlier, got another two assists. Mikel Antonio leads the league in goals. Yeah, he's, he's going to score like fifty this year, I think. Yeah, and all with his head. Yeah, all five have been with his head. Right, and he he's like five ten too. Goals. That's what's funny. He has about the it. most headed goals since yeah. the start of last year. Yeah, sure does. And people probably think he's like six five when he's actually five ten. But Bas- basic, basically, completely replacing the injured Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll, yeah. Um, in fairness, I believe one of his uh, headed goals was like three feet off the ground, like he dove for it. Um, <laughs> they all count. Yeah. The well, sure. I'm just, yeah. I don't know what I was trying. It, to it, it wasn't like a major jumping header. It was a diving header. Right, is that what you're saying? Right. It, was, uh, it was a Phil Jones clearance header. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Slavin Bilic said, had some line that was like, "It's time to start like pointing fin- fingers defensively," and it's like, "Yeah, write it yourself. Like, figure this out." <laughs> like. For some um, reason, they did not play Sam Byram. Um, the not only that, but they he hasn't figured out of the of James Collins and uh, Angelo Agbana or um, Winston James Reed. Tom- like, sorry, James Tompkins no longer there. Collins, James Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say Tompkins? No, I did. Oh, yeah. So, like, you got to figure that out. Um, obviously, um, Kuyate is not enough cover for the the center backs who don't play with each other enough. And um, while Arthur Masuaku has been good in the attacking third as a fullback, he was responsible for, he's already had two handballs, um, which I believe either one or both have resulted in penalties. We should note Nasser Chadley also took a penalty. So that's. Uh, oh yeah. That, it was, <laughs> that, 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 that handball is inexcusable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the ball is over his head and it's going to be a goal kick. And he reaches right. his shoulder and arm out to stop the ball. Yes. And yeah. I, it, it's not sure why he didn't get sent off, but well, um, it looked like he was trying to catch it. Like he was Odell Beckham. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's only something Gary Cahill has done in the past. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're a mess. So the defensively defensively. Yes. So um, the, the problem that I had, it, it seemed like once they went down like 2 nothing, everyone's like, oh, that's great because that means Dimitri Payet will be able to just attack all the time. And like, yes, but it also clearly doesn't mean that they're done giving up goals. <laughs> um, so they play, you know, we'll, we'll do the preview pod later in this week, but uh, they host Southampton this week, this weekend. And if you think that they're going to like shut Southampton out or – you know, only give up one goal. Like I think you'll see a lot of people very interested in in the Saints this weekend. Do some touch. Okay. Uh, it, hey, West West Ham are West Ham games should be the lights of every fantasy player's eyes. Yep. Because both teams will score. Yep. And we said that last year too. They played the most games last year where both teams scored. That hasn't changed. Usually it was just one goal for the other team, but right. now. West Ham were letting up every goal and scoring some as well. Yeah. So instant offense for both teams equals West Ham United. 
<laughs> All right. Another instant offense team now. Everton 3, Middlesbrough 1. I own Martin Stecklenburg and uh, in the EFSA. I lost by like a few points because Martin Stecklenburg not only missed out on his clean sheet but got the own goal. Yeah. It, it was, was late just, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, uh, it was absolutely brutal. But the usual suspects showed up in terms of the goal scoring. I kid. Only one usual suspect, Lukaku. Gareth Barry then decided to get on the score sheet because he's still a thing. And my man, Seamus Coleman, scored a goal. Like I said, he would. Andrew, you knew this was coming. Um, you knew that I was going to you know, mention this multiple times, so I will. Seamus Coleman, like I predicted in our DraftKings uh, lineups last week, scored a goal in this game because he just bombs forward on the right-hand side. No, they don't give fantasy points for that, but it can result in goals. Anyway. Uh, Yannick Bellassi, another assist, and also Lukaku getting an assist for uh, for Everton. And also, George Friend was the one who induced the own goal off of Stecklenburg, the back of his head. So, um, you know, nice to see for George Friend getting on the sheet. But uh, for Everton, this is what the Kuman effect is. Yep. This is this is this is exactly what it looks like. Do you know how many shots Seamus Coleman took? One. It went in. That's actually the reason why the podcast is delayed. It's because I just couldn't face having to. <laughs> the shame, the embarrassment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the. Uh, where do you think they re- can realistically. Like, do you think they have a top four shot? No. Oh, okay. They're currently second, but no. Yeah. Too inconsistent defensively, even though Ashley Williams has been great. Yeah. They've only given up three goals. What's also interesting is that Ramiro Funis Mori hasn't been playing at all. Like they've they've been going with Ashley Williams and Phil Jagielka, which uh, I kind of thought experience. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Funis Mori played most of last season. He he started all of last season ahead of John Stones, um, who's gonna be a center back for the title winners. But the I don't know, it's uh they're obviously doing a great job uh, defensively, which um, you know, you need to do to be competitive. Um, you know, near the top. That being let's, said, that being let's be said, fair. who have they played? I was just about to say they played West Brom, who actually did let the, uh, they did give up a goal to, and then they shut out Stoke and Sunderland and then gave yeah. up one to Middlesbrough. So. And I believe I said this at the beginning of the season that Everton, the first six weeks season, they had a tough week one matchup, I believe. Right. And that was it. Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And that was a one-one game, and right. it was very, it was very even. Both both teams getting chances. Right, and they have Burnmouth this weekend, and then <sighs> Palace after that. Yeah, it continues. Yeah. The feast continues for Everton. Yeah. I, what this means to me is that during the holiday break, uh, during the holiday slate of games, they're going to have like, you know, Chelsea, Man U, Man yeah, City. Some, yeah, at some point it catches up. So <laughs> they're going to get all of them at once. But um, in fairness, that, I, maybe that is when you want to play teams like that because they're going to be rotating just as much. Yeah, but yeah, but I've, at least from the Chelsea perspective, they don't rotate midweek at all. <laughs> you know, they, don't, well, they have we'll no see. midweek game. We'll see. Except for the EFL, where they beat Leicester. Mm-hmm. Batman uh, and Ruben. Stop it! Uh, Come on, that is. I love it. Both of whom sit on the bench. Oh yeah! By the way, Chelsea down two nothing at halftime. Never bring in Match Batshuayi. Not once. They didn't think about him. They didn't look at him. He didn't even warm up. Watford 3, Manchester United 1 in the surprise outcome of the weekend. This started off the Sunday slate. When yeah. is this going to yeah. end with Etienne Kapua? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't decide if he's going to win player of the year or Robert Snodgrass. It's going to be close. I mean, every week we say it. It can't continue. It won't continue. And what is he? What is he? He scored like what? Like four goals on five shots on target? Something absurd like that. I uh, asked on Twitter, kind of just a thought in my mind that somebody happened to respond to, um, that when when was the last time Zlatan Ibrahimovic lost three games in a row? Because they've done that now. He's only started two of them, but um, and one was a Europa match. But the last time he has lost three in a row was 16 years ago while playing for Malmo. That's in Sweden for all of those who yeah. are keeping track. Yes, that was his, that's his boyhood club. Um, I think it was 2000, if I remember correctly. Uh, Chris Henney, who writes for us, uh, dug that up. And that's insane that he, I mean, <clears throat> he obviously is one of the best players in the world, but he obviously has been uh, fortunate enough to play for some of the best teams in the world. But to not lose three games in a row that for that long is just insane. Um, but they seem to have no idea what's going on. Like that's the only way I can put it. Mourinho is doing his classic Mourinho bit of blaming refs and Luke everybody Shaw. else. And right. And Luke Shaw, um, he'll go back to his, you know, minute 35 minute 44, whatever the hell it is. But he, at some point he's got to f- figure it out because you can't go an entire season blaming everybody else. And, I'm not sure what the solution is. Like they, why aren't they killing everybody that they play? Is it lack of creativity in the midfield? The common theme, at least in the English media is they have no idea what to do with Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Uh, uh, He, well, I don't know if it's that or if they know what to do with him and they can't do it because he's Wayne Rooney, which is so stupid, but yeah, they called, they called, they called the lineup last weekend, the ego protecting, starting 11 <laughs> the problem is that if he's if he doesn't start who does mata like we know and, that that's that and or herrera could start uh, I, I, that uh, not only that paul papa is playing the same position he played for oh. france right now and that's not working they uh, uh somebody and, made a and, great clip on that they put on youtube of like wayne rooney's best which were obviously his worst passes from last weekend and it makes you like to the point. It, it was so bad that it makes you wonder, like, if he actually bet on Watford, <laughs> because it was just like a player of of his quality usually and, doesn't make and, those and plays. The English media is pointing out how why is Maron Fellaini, you know, Mourinho's their guy. best player. He's clearly a terrible central midfielder, especially defensively. He he is too slow and he can't pass. And what the and the common theme because I haven't watched a ton of Manchester United to be honest I've watched a couple of games but not enough to make this statement definitively so I'm just gonna say uh, you know you know reading the English media like I do every week um, the big problem that Manchester United have is when they look to counter from the back when they play out of the back none of them can pass yep I think that's exactly that, what it is not a single one of them like Luke Shaw can pass a little from crossing. Um, Valencia likes to dribble, but he's not the world's best passer. Yep. Uh, Smalling is, you know, a center back. Daly Blind can pass, but he's too busy being at the goal line trying to defend. Um, Fellaini can't pass. Paul Papa can, but he he's asked to do like 800 other things. So it, it's just it, they're trying to say, hey, maybe Michael Carrick should start again. Yeah. The um, he can pass. after the game last week, the. Uh, two Robbies were doing the the post game on NBC, and 
um, the, the consensus is basically you need to figure out if Morgan Schneiderlin can play. Um, because if you put him uh, next to Pogba, if you're not going to play Pogba in the 10, Schneiderlin at least allows Pogba to move up um, so that he's not so hindered where he is. And it's just not, Fellaini doesn't allow him to do that. And so if you can get Schneiderlin or Carrick to establish some sort of defensive presence in the midfield, that allows Pogba to do what Pogba can do. And right they, now, they also have a certain pig farmer that might be able to help. That, <laughs> um, that would be Bastian Schweinsteiger, right, Schweinsteiger for those who can't yeah. speak German. They, uh, it, it doesn't seem like that's happening. So I don't even want to consider it, but if they like having Schneiderlin sit, um, makes no sense to me. Uh, obviously Mourinho seeing enough in training where he doesn't feel like it's warrant, you know, he warrants playing, but like if, if that's going to happen, let him go somewhere. Obviously can't do that right now, but like the, I don't know. It seems like they have the pieces and they just it's, haven't figured out. It seems it. like Manchester United just, if only they had some money to spend on players, <laughs> I'd like to see them get rid of some. I'd like to well, see I, Memphis to yeah, like go somewhere. Yeah, I'd like to see play. Marcus Rashford get consistent time. Yeah. He might know, sitting, sitting right next to Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I think he's, both... he's played well enough where I think he, he might fight his way in. Yeah, so I mean, he's been playing out wide, but he, so he can he can do that. But I think he's better in the middle. But uh, I mean, Martial has looked good at times. Uh, Juan looked good at times. It's just not been consistent, and you know, this could be adjusting to the hundred percent intensity, one hundred percent of the time from Jose Mourinho. Maybe, yeah. But let's go back. Let's go to the Watford side here because they actually did some things right as well. Um, it was slow going at least in the beginning because it was one one forever. Um, Etienne Capoue, I believe, scored the the first goal. Of course he did. But the the game changed about 20 seconds after a favorite of mine in the preseason, uh, Juan Zuniga, came in. Mm-hmm. And with his second touch of the ball, scored. Yep. Uh, was it second? I thought it was his first. But... Second. He, okay. no, he, took the, he took the free kick and kicked it out wide. Gotcha. And then he ran forward and then kicked the ball in the back. Of the right. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then on the second one for the penalty, for Dini's penalty, by the uh, we'll get to Dini's penalty in a second. Uh, Zuniga took a took a pass and did a nice little dummy, which caused the penalty from, I believe, Fellaini. Um, and he gets the assist because Dini powered a penalty so hard into the center of the net. If De Gea was standing there, he would have gotten out of the way. It was just <laughs> that. It was hit that hard. Like, if he touched it, it would have broken bones. I was going to say, if it had, like, blasted through the net, I would like I would have understood that because that's how hard. Like, that was one of the more powerful ones. Does it seem to you that a lot of guys are shooting down the center now on penalties? Yeah, that's, that's a personal favorite of Santi Gazzola. It certainly is. But I feel like I've—I mean, I— uh, the stats are available, so I'll look into it. But here's, it seems here's to me the, that there are a lot. a lot of guys are going down the middle. Yeah, and here's the behind-the-scenes thing here. What a lot of players do is they'll look at the goalie the whole time, and if the goalie commits one way or the other, they'll just hit the ball down the middle. Right. They don't need to try to put it in the other side. Just put it right down the middle. The goalie will get out of the way. Yep. As long as you, the key thing is you have to clear the shins. Right. Right. You can't you can't put it on the ground because the goalie will keep his feet there. But or, or it gets so hard that it would just break through a shin. Like Troy Dini did. For Dini's, yeah. For Dini's, I mean, De Gea wouldn't be able to walk for a week if if, if that ball hit him square. Do you think anyway, if it hit you in the face, like you specifically, that your head would just fall off your body? I think I think I would not have fallen straight down. I would have gone back and down. 
It would have right. been like uh, you know, like in the movie Snatch. Oh man, I'm making a really old reference. Um, in the movie Snatch, where uh, Brad Pitt gets uppercut and he goes and he he's like projectiled uh, backwards. It would look a little bit like that. Like that. And okay. My whole life would flash before my eyes. It would seem like it was going in slow motion. It would be terrible. Mm-hmm. That was hit so hard. Yeah. But I, I think we've said that now. Uh, yes. But it it was it was such a weird game in the fact that Watford no one can stop Etienne Kapoue and the offensive juggernaut that is Watford yep I don't think there's anything more to say I yeah, I right. mean you're obviously gonna um talk about I'm gonna, Zuniga I'm gonna should start to not, so. I'm gonna continue all but the interesting thing was Zuniga came in as a midfielder yeah yep um that was the only interesting parts part to me and if he continues to do that uh he holds a ton of value as a defender hmm yeah, they figured that out. Like they they figured their pieces out pretty quickly. Like we joked around quite a bit about how they have all these defenders and all these players, and what are they going to do? They seem to have figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh. I, yes. Uh, but remember, this is the same Watford that you know got to forty points last year pretty early, and then barely got another one the rest of the season. Yeah. Good point. Um, well, we'll so, ride them now then. Yes. Uh, like I said last year, juice the orange. Okay. Uh, Crystal Palace, the last team to score, uh, the third team to score four goals this weekend. Or I think there were four teams. Fourth, no, team. Anyway. Fourth team. Fourth team to score four goals this weekend. Uh, so they, they put a nice beating on Stoke, who continue to look terrible. However, Stoke did increase their goal scored this season by 50%. <laughs> They're up to three. All right. But uh, Crystal Palace, four, Stoke, one. Uh, started off with two defender goals from James Tompkins, not of West Ham. And Scott Dan, uh, because, of course, he's still there. And then James MacArthur. Uh, <laughs> why? Um, he it was scored a, a goal. It, that was, should have been an own goal if it wasn't, if it it wasn't. wasn't classified as one. It wasn't. And then Andros Townsend, of course, gets his goal and an assist. Jason Punchin, your boy, got two assists. Mm-hmm. And Martin Kelly, because he's still a thing. He uh, formerly – oh, man, there was one part of the game where they were, they were saying um, – like this player, formerly of Liverpool. This player, formerly of Liverpool. This player, <laughs> formerly of Liverpool. It was, it was, it was like Joe Allen, uh, <laughs> Joe Allen, and then there was Martin Kelly. I think there were two more, but uh, either way, Benteke. <laughs> yeah, Benteke. There you go. And I think there was one more still. But it, it was, you know, for Crystal Palace, disappointing that that Benteke did not get on the score sheet because I think a lot of people owned him in this one. And then for Stoke. And then for Stoke, it was nice to see Arnautovic get off the schneid and ruin Steve Mandanda's yeah. uh, clean sheet. Actually, but... it wasn't nice at all. <laughs> As somebody who had Mandanda. <clears throat> the Benteke had minus two and a half points on DraftKings. He yeah. committed five fouls and did nothing else. Um, Andrews Townsend, like... He's a must-start. He absolutely is. I said that uh, early in the week, and... Um, the combination of Townsend and Punchin worked too. Like you, if you, if you had both of them, that was perfectly fine. Um, what's funny is that they, a lot of their value seems to come from their ability to like create chances, but they're the ones who are actually getting the points. Like for both of them to, to send in as many crosses as they did, I think they combined for like 22 or 24. And for Benteke not to even get a shot off, like, it's, it's astounding to me, but Punchin, I mean, excuse me, uh, Townsend um, took a few free kicks, almost scored on one. So, yeah, he's absolutely a must start. Yeah. And as soon as he made the move last year, we were both pretty excited about it. I think me more than you. Yes. But 
That's he's, typical he, of that's typical of moves to any from one team to any team. I'm more excited about things than you are. Yes. Yep. But I'm in on Townsend, which is something I literally never thought I would say. Yeah, especially as a former Tottenham player. Still continue to be terrible. Yeah. Oh. They, uh, I mean, they they look like a relegated team. They completely. Um, the I, I keep saying to myself that like you know once Shakiri comes back and it's like we're talking about Jordan Shakiri here. Like we're not. I'm not talking about Messi. So like the the idea that so much of their uh, success uh, goes on his shoulders. Like he's not. He's he's not the difference maker in my mind. Um, so they're going to really struggle. And the problem is that they're struggling like everywhere. Uh, and Beulah is not even starting. They're starting Waylon and um, Joe Allen together. Uh, the Boyan looks like... Terrible. Yeah. They, this team is a mess. And the, the way I'm looking at it is like at their peak, they should be good. But I'm not sure they'll ever get there. So you know how we were saying how Manchester United, uh, Manchester City look like they are just like the undisputed kings and they are so good offensively. Yeah. Um, you know, they have an 11 goal dif- plus 11 goal differential. Yeah. On the flip side, Stoke City look they are the they are the the polar opposite yep. and their goal differential is exactly negative 11. Yeah. Yep. And that is hard to do in 5 games. Minus 11, yeah. Yeah, that is hard to do. Yep. And They've scored the uh, predictably. They've scored the fewest number of goals in the season three, which is equal to Burnley, who we've said are awful offensively. Yeah, Burnmouth, same thing, and Sunderland. A little surprising there. Uh, I think Jermaine Defoe is all three goals. Um, and but the fourteen goals against that's worse than West Ham, who are the who we've been saying are the worst thing ever to happen to, to defense in a long time. <laughs> yeah, the. In fairness, like they they gave up four to Man City, they gave up four to Spurs. So, I'm not saying like normal teams give up that many goals, but Man City at least like you. I almost feel like you throw that out. Like getting blasted and giving up four to Man City is like understandable. Spurs, uh, you know they they have their days, but four to Crystal Palace. You know as much as we like uh, that Crystal Palace attack. That's an absurd number of goals, especially when they're coming from two, you know, two defenders and a defensive midfielder. And that's set pieces. That's what that means. Uh, I'm not. Were they both set pieces? They might have been. I don't even know. But when central defenders score, it typically means that there is either a set piece or resulting from a set piece because otherwise they're typically not getting forward. Yeah. You know who they play this weekend? They meaning Stoke. Who do they play? The hottest attack in the Premier League. West Brom. Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> How many people are going to take the risk and start Adrian? Gross. Um, no, West Brom. Brom. Oh, West Brom. Brom. West no, no, no. West, West Brom. Brom. Yeah. And that oh, could be an eight, I, I that I, could be I, an old I, I eight goal I think I ranked score. Ben Foster first overall for goalkeepers, right? Uh, you did. You were not the only one. I was not the other, but... <laughs> um, yeah, the... I don't know how, and and the problem is that you can't even find real uh, optimism. Like every time you go in, you're like, "Oh, Wilfred Bonney, like yeah, he's cheap. He leads this line. Like still can be good. Like no, they can't. I'm staying away for now. They're gonna have to really turn around before I start looking at their players. It's sorry, Joe Allen. 
if yeah, it, it's too too much too much to overcome for right now. They have to. Sh- that's one of those one of those uh, games. With, uh, one of those teams. They have to show it to me first before I start believing in it. Even though, like in season long leagues, you're probably forced to start Pony. Ugh. I know I am in in the Rotowire title yeah. league. I'm forced to because yeah. it's like I, I have the all disappointing forwards team. It's like him, Callum Wilson. Um, I had Musa and dropped him already. I think and just just bad. It, it, forwards get so ugly so quickly yep. in season long formats. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's keep going though. We have two more games to get to. One of which is Southampton one, Swansea zero. This game we thought would be tight, uh, and. Charlie Austin, of all people, uh, scored the goal, assisted by, of course, Dusan Tadic. The numbers don't show it yet in terms of the counting stats for Tadic, but he is completely revolutionized and really dominant, a dominant offensive force for Southampton, even though the, the, the offense itself has not been scoring at the rate that Southampton would like. Would like. Um, Dusan Tadic has been a very good player this season at the tip of the diamond. Yeah, the money was obviously too too much to pass down, to pass up, excuse me, but... It's. It would be nice if we had been able to see Graziano Pelle in this attack because I think he's exactly the kind of player they need. And Charlie Austin, I mean, he's just not getting enough playing time to do it. But uh, Shane Long isn't it. And Jay Rodriguez has gotten a few starts. I don't really think he's it. So it's kind of weird that, I mean, it's not weird that they sold Pelle because um, they were never going to get that much money for him. Yeah. But um, they need they need a guy like that to, to really make this all work. Just a very, it's it's very strange to see Shane Long struggle so much. Yeah, because he was really good next to Pele last year. Yep, yep. And maybe and that's also the problem. alongside Sadio Mane. I mean, yeah, there, I, think... there, 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 I mean, there's other people that left, but yeah, I'd like it, it, I'd like to see them with either give Austin a run. I mean, Austin's not Croziano Pele, but uh, they just keep kind of tinkering, and maybe that's what happens when you have a new manager and with a bunch of you know, players that he's unfamiliar with, but they have to figure it out or else they're going to find themselves, you know, in a relegation battle. Yeah. And I, uh, Nathan Redmond, we haven't sp- spoken his name yet. Um, he, I think he's, I think he's going to cool off a little bit and it's going to be just in time for Sophie on Buffal to come back to take his spot. Okay. Give it a one. Spurs one Sunderland zero. Of course, it was Harry Kane and Deli Alley getting an assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I told you Lee Catterall, oh my goodness, Lee Catterall and Victor Wanyama, I think were in the same game at the same time, <laughs> but only one of them got a yellow card. It was Lee Catterall. Yeah. Um, oh, I was joking around with I think it was Kevin DeVries because they uh, Spurs didn't start Christian Eriksen or Eric Lamella, which made everybody who plays on DraftKings scramble for who was going to take corners, but. Um, they started Musa Dembele, Victor Wanyama. Um, By the way, Harry Kane continuing his goal-scoring <laughs> prowess with Musa Dembele in the lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's amazingly strange, but um, yeah, it's something like eighty something percent of his goals come when Dembele's on the field, even though Dembele has nothing to do with the goals themselves. But um, I was talking with Kevin uh, online about whether. It would be uh, Sissoko, Wanyama, Dembele, or I can't remember who else they started, who who would get the yellow first or possibly the red, but mostly avoided that. Um, I mean, the biggest thing from this game is that Harry Kane um, suffered an ankle injury that's going to keep him out possibly up to eight weeks, which uh, that's a long time for a player they really rely upon for scoring. 
Well, and, Victor Jansen obviously now becomes right, a I very assume, yeah. Uh, Sun has been playing very well. He actually, I believe, um, took corners last week, or if not, he sent in just a ton of crosses. But uh, this team is going to look a lot different uh, because Kane will not be leading the line. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he was uh, he was he just started to score again too. Mm-hmm. Um, he usually starts pretty slowly, and he, yeah. you know, he this is actually sooner than he had been starting the last two years. So uh, there was some optimism that he was uh, about to have a big year, but um, it's going to be yeah. Almost two months, I think. For me, the big thing here is Jordan Pickford outscored Hugo Lloris. Uh huh. Yeah, he made like forty-eight saves or something like that. He right? made eight saves, yeah. so the, fourteen points for him and only twelve for Lloris. Just, and that's because Lloris had a, a win. And oh, he had the win clean sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So even with that, he still did not perform. Yep. Jordan Pickford, who's a very good goalkeeper, by the way, yep. very good young goalkeeper, yeah. uh, looks to be something special. You know, th- th- this would be one of the guys where one of the big clubs will, you know, probably poach him pretty soon. Also on the goalkeeper, Chelsea front, when Thibaut Courtois goes back to Spain. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, it's because everyone's going to Chelsea. Um, Leicester, by the way, have been st- uh, no Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. Recently, so. Something else to keep in mind for future fixtures, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for October to eventually get here because we have some exciting stuff coming up. But really, even more exciting is this weekend is birthday pod. It's uh, birthday derby because uh, uh, Arsenal play Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, and Roto Classico, as you were calling. Yes, Roto Classico. Excuse me. Yes, but it's also a Roto Classico on the birthday, which is just a. Uh, for all those not counting at home, both Andrew and I share the same birthday, which is this upcoming Saturday. Uh, please send all well wishes and gifts to uh, to at Rotowire Andrew and uh, at Rotowire Soccer. Do not do not do a big birthday thing on my Twitter. I will I will resent you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big birthday guy. Oh, okay. Although the big celebration I'm having will will be very uh, very very odd, but. Um, <laughs> It's just an excuse to drink with people. There you go. Um, uh, so much this weekend. So much this weekend. I'm excited for our preview pod, which I'm going to guess will come on Friday. Yes, I would guess that as well. Yeah. We're not going to put out back-to-back podcasts within like 12 hours of each other. Uh, correct. And we'll have – well, actually, we it'll be within 36 hours since we'll have the MLS podcast probably tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, yeah, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And uh, and more of the FSWA Podcast of the Year finalist coming up. So thank you for joining us today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.